Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. As always, for Song of the Soul, we're after depth, more than splash, more spirit than soundbite, and we've got a great example of both depth and spirit with today's Song of the Soul guest. We're headed out to Maryland to visit with singer, songwriter, musician, and artist Christina Muir. She's great on stage by herself, but she also mixes it up with real charm as part of a trio called Hot Soup and by performing with her mom, Ann Mayo Muir. Christina will call you to the deep and the beautiful, and sometimes to the snazzy. You won't go away disappointed. Christina Muir joins us by phone from Maryland. Christina, I'm absolutely delighted to have you here today for Song of the Soul. I'm delighted to be here with you, Mark. You know, I feel bad that our listeners have missed out on all the wonderful, deep, and the scintillating conversations you and I have had leading up to this moment. It's really been wonderful getting to know you. Yes, it is. I was feeling that, you know, it's like, oh, the secrets, you know, the secrets we've been telling. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I don't know about you is when you actually started doing music. I kind of assume that because your mother's Anne Mayo Muir, singer and folk artist extraordinaire, that you came out of the womb singing. At least that's what I'm imagining. Mm. When did you start singing and <laughs> playing instruments, all that stuff? Oh, I, I love that. It is really kind of profound to me, that question, in that uh, my mom is Anne Mayo Muir. She is uh, just a singer through and through. I feel really clear that she was singing to me even before I was born. Actually, it's interesting. I'm just reminded that on her website, com, she has a wonderful poem she wrote about how she is hunting for the songs that are waiting to be sung. She's like inviting those songs that already exist to come to her. And I suddenly in this moment, feel myself to have been one of those songs, kind of looking for a vehicle through which I could come through. And she was my vehicle, you know, to be my own song to come through. I do feel like she kind of sang me into existence. She and I couldn't have been closer than a mother and daughter could be. I remember singing with her from as early as I can ever remember. And for a long time, of course, I was singing the melody, and I don't ever remember really learning to do that. It just was something so natural. And my mom would sing a harmony now and then, and I would get used to that. 
And it wasn't long before I said, okay, Mom, you sing the melody now. I'll sing the harmony. And we would look into each other's eyes and breathe and blend and match and glory in intervals. It was really so much about, in fact, the notes, even more than the words. It was just the sound of voices together. It's so deeply who I am with her. Did she also teach you to play instruments? Yes. When I was five years old, actually, I came home from kindergarten, and she said to me, would you like to play the harp? (laughs) And I had no clue. I, of course, watched her mostly play the baritone ukulele. That was the instrument that she played constantly. But I didn't know where the harp came from. I think she had a friend who had taken it up. So we both took up the harp. She on a big, big concert harp and me on a little student harp. 1966, I was living in Hartford, Connecticut, or that area at the time, and went to the Hart School of Music, where a a Hungarian woman taught me. (laughs) Her name was Barbara. Mr. Von Wurzler was the master harpist then, and it took them a long time to realize that I wasn't really learning to read the music. I was watching and listening and just matching with Barbara would play. I had a strong ear and strong enough that I could rely on it and not bear down and learn how to read. And even knowing now what the music is, it's, it's like knowing the letters of the alphabet but not being able to put it together with, into words. It's arduous for me to try and read. So I still pretty much rely on my ear, like my mom. When did you start performing? With my mom, pretty early on, she started to play with Gordon, I think, within the first year of my life, she and he met. And that Gordon, that's Gordon Bach, for those who didn't grow up with him around all the time like you did. Gordon Bach, exactly. (laughs) And of course, I heard them rehearsing, so music was constantly around when he'd be visiting regularly to work on things with my mom. And then ultimately, Ed Trickett joined them, I guess it was in like 1975 or so. So I was 14, 15. So it was just kind of constantly in me. But my mom would invite me up to sing a little song with her. I think one of the first ones I remember was a little song about fish deep in the sea. Yay ho little fish, don't cry, don't cry. Yay ho little fish, you'll be whale by and by. Come all you bold fishermen, listen to me. I'll sing you a song of the fish in the sea. Yay ho, little fish, don't cry, don't cry. Yay ho, little fish, you'll be whale by and by. It was, you know, no doubt winning, just a little person and her mom. <laughs> <laughs> little person, uh, late teens? No, late I think teens? I was probably in my single digits then. Oh, wow, so way early. Yeah, And then later, I did open for the trio, my mom's trio with Gordon Bach and Ed Trickett, a couple of times, or sang a little something with them, which was, you know, much more special than I knew. (laughs) It seemed, you know, perfectly like, oh, well, that's nice (laughs) at the time. In fact, I remember being a kid, maybe five years old, and my mom was on the local It was sort of the Mr. Rogers of long ago, but I've forgotten now what it's called. Captain Kangaroo. 
Good old Captain Kangaroo. Captain Kangaroo. And she was a guest artist on Captain Kangaroo. And I remember my babysitter at the time saying, oh, your mom's on TV. And I was so ho-hum about it, like, well, so what's special about that? (laughs) I fear all the time, so what? So it's funny to take it so for granted what later you recognize to be so special. Well, what's special today is that we'd like to hear your music, Christina. So how about getting us started with your song of the soul? What's first? Oh, I'd love for you to play Moonchild. Moonchild was written for my stepsister, Andrea. Andrea was just a lovely woman. We never knew each other very, very well, but she was an artist. And sadly, when her mom died, she turned to alcohol and she became slowly but surely an alcoholic. My mom, you know, married into the family and it was slow for everyone to recognize that this was happening to Andrea. And I remember my mom calling me and saying, oh, Andrea is lost and gone from us. And my mom said she really worried for Andrea, just whether she would make it, you know, that she was perhaps just as easily headed to death as she was to life. At the time, I was actually an early student of A Course in Miracles. That's probably informed a little bit of my sort of orientation with this song, but I started to become acquainted with, in love with, the idea that nobody's path, no matter how destructive or escapist or lost it seemed, was without value, and that nobody's ultimately really ever lost, whether one finally goes to death through one's path or or emerges in some blossoming way in life. There's always love and learning possible. No one's ever really lost. Love awaits everyone. The song is Moonchild by Christina Muir. Like a stream over 
Beautiful song for a stepsister. The song is Moonchild. It's from Christina Muir. The place you're most likely to find current information about her is via the trio that she's part of, Hot Soup. So go to hotsouptrio.com and then you can find Christina Muir. Of course, the easy way to do this is to follow the link from northernspiritradio.org where you'll also find additional links to her on Facebook and CD Baby and so on, places that you can listen to and get her music. And there's a lot of good music out there. Though I note, Christina, that most of what you've recorded has been with the Hot Soup Trio, only one CD of your own. That's right. (laughs) Is that out of bashfulness or some other reason? I know. Yes, it is a little bit that of bashfulness. I came out with my one solo CD of all original songs back in 1996. It was just as I was moving from Connecticut to Maryland that I was completing that album. When I moved here to Maryland, where I am now, I did end up meeting some wonderful solo musicians. There was just a very healthy and wonderful music community that I found very quickly when I moved here. So just as I was finishing my album, I was meeting up with my first two partners of Hot Soup. I say first two because we've had one member of the trio. That one place has shifted a couple of times 
So one of my partners has been with me from the beginning, and one of them has been shifting. So I met these two women, Sue Trainer and Sue Roboto, who were my first partners of Hot Soup, right as I was finishing my album. And it was so glorious to make that harmony with my friends and share the stage and the journey and the business, which can be a bit intimidating. I barely had gotten you know, my feet under me with my own CD when I quickly gravitated to the kind of companionship of other singers with Hot Soup. So it was a little bit of, I kind of ran away from doing it on my own. And maybe part of it is the people who want to go solo, one of the factors might be something about ego and your connection with The Course in Miracles. Yeah. That doesn't really encourage people to have overblown egos. <laughs> of course, some people have a lot to say and a lot of quality. I mean, I, there are plenty of solo artists I adore, like Peter Mayer. He is one of my very top favorites, and he's got a lot to say that's so uplifting. Yes, he does. He's a wonderful, wonderful songwriter and performer. I had a couple hours visiting with him and his music, but it's kind of easy for me to connect with him given that he lives only an hour or so away from here. Oh, boy. He's somebody I've made a commitment to see every chance I get because I start to realize this life of being a singer somewhere or just a singer or a performer, it's not forever. It's, it's a rare and lucky thing to get to see an artist. And in this day and age, you know, when so much is more and more not live, we can sort of forget that, the magic of the live moment. Well, we've heard Moonchild, which is from your Feet First album back in 1996. It sounded to me like that was the dulcimer you were playing, the mountain dulcimer. Yes. I'm assuming you play other instruments besides the dulcimer? I do. (laughs) I do. You're so good. Harp was obviously my first instrument, and I still can play a little bit of it. Mountain dulcimer is something I picked up in the early 80s, I guess, and was surprised to discover was such a friendly instrument for me. Amazingly, I pretty much taught myself how to play, but what was it was so cool to not have anybody teach me and just discover what can I do. And it's a little bit more of a limited instrument in that typically it is just modal, What I found amazing about the dulcimer is that, or the mountain dulcimer, as opposed to the hammer dulcimer, is that the limits of it kind of set me free. I think in some ways when you've got every option open to you, it's a little harder to pick and guide in the creative act. But having a few things to pick from as I was working on writing songs, and I actually am not currently working at that, It was a little magical time where I risked trying to do it and had some lovely successes. But it was the mountain dulcimer that was my most friendly instrument for writing. And then I played the guitar, also the six-string steel guitar. I think of the instruments a lot as fellow voices, not just in service of my voice, but I try to find the harmonies in the instrument to go with my voice and their partners in singing It's funny, I'd forgotten that piece for a little while when I was playing the guitar, that it was my partner. And it was a really interesting, different feeling and a loss when I forgot that idea. But when it was my partner, I felt it opening again and blossoming and possible to find a way to play it that pleased me. Kind of a duet between the two of you. Yeah. Well, how about sharing some more music for your Song of the Soul? 
Well, in a way, this is perfect segue for Gideon's Dream because it is a duet and an instrumental one, and it's close to my heart because I started out with just a guitar part, and a guitar part I was so thrilled with. It felt like, how in the world did I ever come up with this? The sounds were pulling me into playing things that I just was discovering. When I sat down to make my album Feet First, I knew I wanted something joined with that guitar part, and I asked wonderful Gideon Freudman, who lives in, I think, Massachusetts, to play his cello with my guitar. And I didn't have a lot of idea about what he should do, just a couple of lines of harmony that I really wanted to make sure were there. And he was a sheer joy to work with. He had lots of ideas to contribute. I think I described to him that, for me, it was a piece where I felt like I was building a lovemaking. You know, it was like the introduction of two energies together and this building of something together into a glorious climax, so to speak. (laughs) So he was just a complete dream to work with, and I didn't know at the time that we would pretty much use every single track that he put down. He put down lots of things for me to choose from, and instead of choosing, I think I just combined them all together. I just love what he created with me. Gideon's Dream by Christina Muir
The album is Feet First, the song is Gideon's Dream, and the artist is Christina Muir, sharing her song of soul today. Beautiful tune there, Christina. As I was listening, I had the feeling sometimes of traveling or loping or galloping along. It's very evocative. But the name was Gideon's Dream, and you've already said that Gideon was part of making that music. But what was his dream, or or was there a specific dream? You know, I think it was named that in part to honor what Gideon brought to this piece. It was just one of the most joyful moments for me to have a fellow musician bring so much to what I had created and really co-created with me. And uh, dreaming is something I'm a great fan of, so I guess it's sort of just a combination of of honoring Gideon and honoring the dream. <laughs> you know, Christina, one of the things that I try to do with all of my guests is to get some idea of what, if any, kind of religious or spiritual background they've had, or more exactly what you've had, or what got you to where you are today. Could you share a little bit about that? Sure. My mom, I think she took us to an Episcopal church. My dad did not attend. My dad would drop us off even, you know, to go to Sunday school, my brother and I. And he'd just pick us up and say, so what'd you learn? I think my dad kind of raised us with a certain stand-apart attitude and he's not a believer himself, I think, but he was open to the fact that maybe we'd have learned something. For whatever reason, I've grown up to be a person who doesn't like things that exclude, you know, doesn't like a belief that excludes other beliefs. If it is exclusory, exclusive, then that's the reason not to participate. If anyone is excluded, then no one's safe. And so my religious belief is that everyone comes from love and everyone returns to love regardless of everything. There is nothing that doesn't get a person back to love. And that's what I adhere to. And probably it was A Course in Miracles that probably first really. But I I guess I, I love the idea that ultimately, maybe it's because I deal with a certain amount of fear and anxiety in life that for me to believe in something that means there's nothing I really have to ever be afraid of. I really wish in this world that we were all asking each other why we believe what we believe, not just what we believe. And you're, of course, the person out there doing that because I think it's so revealing of who a person is as to why they chose what they believe. And it is a choice, you know. It serves us in some way. And there's probably, to me, should be as many beliefs as there are humans because each of us needs a little something different to bring us back to center or balance. I just marvel more and more why would any of us assume it would be the same for any of us. So there's my very passionate feelings about it. (laughs) (laughs) All of those are thoughts that I resonate with, of course. Yay! (laughs) Which is so nice. Because there's not that many, you know, who who go, amen. (laughs) You're just wonderful to spend time talking with. Although, as much as I would love to just sit here and visit with you all day, I think that our listeners are going to want to hear some more of your music. So would you please share another song, another splash of auditory color with us? I'd be delighted. Our next one would be Strawberries. It was my experiment 
into writing more literally from life. I do love metaphor, but this was a real event in my life with my grandmother, Strawberries. Though I have to admit, at the very end, I needed to take the song somewhere else other than where the event really went. So I consider it a moment of writing for who I wished I'd been. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to, in, in truth, so much of writing was a process of unraveling something important for myself and learning something, really codifying something that I wanted to believe or know or remember. And this is, I suppose, my own way of moving myself into taking a little bit more risk and having a little more fun in life. Let's listen to Christina Muir, Strawberries. Of the family who 
Christina Muir, Strawberries is the song, and you're listening to Song of the Soul. I'm your host, Mark Helpsmeet, for this Northern Spirit Radio production website, northernspiritradio.org. And on that site, you can listen to and download seven and a half years of Northern Spirit Radio shows with inspirational voices addressing peace and social justice issues through the language of spirituality, music, community, and personal story. You can find the stations where we're played and how to connect up on iTunes or via our own RSS feed. We do love feedback, and so there's a place to post comments, both for Northern Spirit Radio in general or about the specific shows that you're listening to. And these comments make a huge difference in the popular ratings of the show. So please do drop us a comment. While you're on the site, please consider donating to support this world healing, world deepening work. Just click the donate button or you can go to the find out ways to help screen. Your support is crucial. So please check out nordenspiritradio.org. Again, the song we just heard, Strawberries by Christina Muir. When you want to find her, just follow the link from my site or you can go to hotsouptrio.com. And the song, Strawberries, it's so evocative of that intense, incredible red of the berries. And I do know how you love your swirling, intense colors, Christina. And the idea of ending up with that strawberry kiss. Yes. (laughs) So let's just assume you really do like strawberries. And the 210, is that how much they cost? That may have been a rhyme. (laughs) A rhyme choice. I don't know if... I really remember how much it was, but it was a roadside stand. They were a good deal. <laughs> Your grandmother, is she still around? She was living in Connecticut, in Bloomfield, Connecticut at the time. She'd been for 20 years there. Her husband had died, my grandfather, and I saw a lot of her driving from Maryland to Connecticut 
I moved down here in Maryland in 95, so I guess I was probably driving up there for another... Well, actually, she died in 2003. She she almost, maybe she did, reach 100 years old. That's amazing. She was um, my oldest grandparent, and I think most of my others died quite a bit earlier. So I really did have some sweet times with her. I think we were really, really, really different people, but I always felt her interest in me. But she was a party gal, loved red and love to drink, love to smoke. I think for all except my mom, I'm a pretty strange creature <laughs> in that I do like to look pretty deeply and philosophically and questioning and exploring things. Well, there's another difference that seems to be clear. In the song, you chose the strawberries while she offers you cookies, but you're not going there. <laughs> well, what's so funny, honestly, about that is that I am a cookie lover. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I have an ongoing little question myself. Hmm, is it cookies or ice cream I like better? So I keep trying them back and forth. Which one? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good quest to continue. <laughs> what I think our listeners should do is grab a cookie or maybe some ice cream or maybe both. Sit down and listen to another of your songs. Love it. Let's try Begin With The End. That was a really interesting songwriting experience for me in that it's happened a few times before, but it was a moment where the words just fell out onto the page. I, I think I was driving, and I might have just heard that first line in my head, and I thought, huh, I wonder where this can go. In fact, my magic words for creating have tended to be, let's play with this. So I wrote down the words, and I can't actually remember now if the music came at the same time. Then later, when I was recording it, I think I'd worked out one harmony somehow for myself. And then in the studio recording moment, we thought, well, let's see if there's a third harmony there. The engineer, Eric Garrison, just turned on the record button, and we gave it a, you know, a wing, gave it a wing and a prayer, gave it a try, that third part. And bam, it was just, it fell right out. And it was just this incredible experience of an affirmation that there's something in me that knows far more than I know that I know. You know, something at work, putting it together. It was another one of those surprises of, wow, <laughs> who knew that was in there? I think I constantly am surprised by what is possible. I just don't know what's there. The other thing is that I was born a double-footling breach, and so the initial words, let's begin with the end and weave ourselves back, is so much reflective of how I came into this world and, and how I sort of approach a lot of things a little bit backwards. And that's why the album is called Feet First? Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, just pulled you out, Feet First? That's it, exactly. You're a wild woman. <laughs> Thanks. And the song is Begin With The End, Christina Muir. Well, let's begin with the end And weave ourselves back to the curve in the road Where we find ourselves at At whose end shall we say With time on our hands That we pull and we snap Like old rubber bands Waiting patiently Maybe for the traffic to clear our step on the gas If you're willing to steer by the low And behold 
The cars disappear, leaving us spinning in circles, stuck in third gear. Because I feel like hell, well, maybe not hell, but something like heck. So if I order the moon, would you pick up the check? Christina Muir, our special guest today for Song of the Soul. Begin with the End is the name of the song. Obviously jazzy with lots of fun harmonies. And in case you didn't pick up on this, everyone, all those beautiful voices singing there together were Christina singing with herself. That's quite an artistry to learn how to do that. But I suppose no one knows where you're going better than you do. Well, that's it. Part of knowing how to sing a harmony is knowing where the other voices are so you can choose different notes. It's just amazing to kind of find that 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 tracking of the other, and I love that about harmony, is that it is so much a relationship that you keep aware of another. This is like where I succeeded in relationships is in harmony. You keep aware of the other, but you don't lose yourself. You're holding on to your own beautiful part. But in, in an interesting way, sometimes you almost don't know the two parts separately because one depends on the other, and you don't even know what notes you're singing. You just know that they go with the other part. In the lyrics to the song, there are two different people, at least. So yes. I'll step on the gas if you're willing to steer. So who's the other person, or is that just you? You know, that's really quite possible. I think there's a lot of material that is really me with me. Yeah, that's really probably the most true. In a way, I don't really know the answer to that question. That's really I haven't felt the need to clarify that for myself. And something else that's in the lyrics about heck and hell there's a cartoon I saw. A kid goes up to his father and says, Dad, what's heck? And Dad thinks for a moment and says, Son, heck is where you go if you don't believe in gosh. <laughs> That's perfect. So I think that joke has to be part of the intro to that song next Thank time. Thank you. Perform yes, it's it. really good. <laughs> well, I'm afraid we're getting right down to the end of our time to share this music and your story. Could you give us one more song to finish off your Song of the Soul? Uh, I'd love to to share Lou Ray Women, which is a song by Cy Khan. I chose it for a couple of reasons, and and one of them is that uh, as a performer and artist, I shared this with you earlier, Mark, and that is in this big world of singer-songwriters, it's easy to feel a little competitive, you know, as you try to make your living at it. And I really hate that feeling. But also, therefore, in trying to allay that feeling of competition, it's been a pleasure to be the one to get to introduce to listeners the fabulous writers out there. Not just myself, but so many great songs that people have not necessarily heard. And Saikon is a, a writer of incredible magnitude. He's written so many songs. Lure Women is a beautiful song he wrote for his wife and her family. Not only is it just a gorgeous song, but it's a lot about sisterhood and women. And women have been the greatest friends and supports and teachers in my life. 
and partly wanted to celebrate this discovery that I made a few years ago. For so many years of my life, I felt as though if I did not end up with a wonderful man partner in my life, I would have missed the very best that life has to offer. And for so many years of my life, I felt a kind of desperation that I wanted that and a desperation about not finding it. And then it started to dawn on me through probably various teachers that I have read or heard of. It started to dawn on me that through the history of this earth, there have been so many women who have not been free to decide their own fates, who have had to be married or had to serve others or been chattel. (laughs) And that amazingly, I'm probably living out their dreams. I'm the answer to probably hundreds of thousands of generations of women. And though I'm not necessarily living the life I thought I wanted, it was something for me to consider that I'm living a life that is the dream of millions of women. I'm independent, and I'm free to do with my time and my resources and my heart as I wish. I mean, that's a pretty modern thing. (laughs) And as a person myself who's never been married or had children, It's sometimes difficult to define where I am in this world because I haven't done so many of the things that it's typical for a woman to do, to define herself as a woman. So I'm sort of celebrating that, in fact, I do have a a place in this world, even in as different a woman as I am. Scores and hundreds of thousands of women on the other side are cheering (laughs) for the life I get to live. And that's not to discount that maybe one day I will find a partner. Got to just put that in there. And how wonderful that you're singing about this sistership over centuries and generations, that you're singing about it with the other women of the Hot Soup trio. So let's share who they are, who they are singing with you. Thank you for saying that. You are so good. Yes, this is the the one song I, I chose that I do sing with my two wonderful partners. And at the time, that Sue Trainer, who I still work with, and Sue Roboto, who is the first of the thirds in the trio, and she's a wonderful singer now living in New York City, and I think she's doing some fantastic work with a threshold choirs where little groups of women go in to sing with people for people who are ill. And just so you know, you can hear more music and story by Sai Khan by searching for him on NordenSpiritRadio.org because I've got at least two hours of recording with him. And since you mentioned Threshold Choirs, Christina, I've got a recording with the local Threshold Choir here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. It's a beautiful and moving way of gentling the transition to the other side. But the song we'll listen to right now is Lure Women, written by Sai Khan and performed here by the women of the Hot Soup Trio, including Christina Muir. I just have to say that I feel so fortunate to have run into you along my musical way, something that is not totally obvious given the thousand-odd miles between us. I feel so fortunate to learn of you, to have heard you, and to count you now as a deep friend of my heart. Thank you so much for joining me for Song of the Soul. Thank you, dear Mark. I utterly enjoyed speaking with you, as I have in the past now, and and I look forward to continued friendship. The song is Lure Women, performed by Hot Soup. Tall as timber, great at Lizzie, 
wrapped in rugs against the cold Looking out across the mountains To the valleys of my soul And on the porch where Lizzie's rocking Great-grandma Nanny comes and stands Here you.
Woman, performed by Hot Soup, including Christina Muir. And you can hear more of my interview with Christina Muir on my website, nordenspiritradio.org. Look for the bonus excerpts on the program. We just ran out of time to include them all on the air today. We'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can 